It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And if you are looking for a place to make your online wagers, it's all about betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus, and you can respond to my tweet, at Ross Tucker NFL, and maybe be one of the 10 people that gets $100 credited to their account since I won the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge the last couple weeks. He is Evan Silva, at Evan Silva on Twitter of Roto World fame. Here's what we do. We got the best fantasy analyst in the business and a former player who was kicking ass in the fantasy league and had two games to call last weekend and didn't realize until 105 on Sunday that I hadn't gotten guys like Zach Ertz and David Johnson out of my lineup. So I'm a little bit bitter this week. There was way too many buys, way too many buys. I probably would have lost anyway, so it's not that big a deal, but it's annoying. Uh, my Twitter handle's at Ross Tucker NFL. I think I already told you that. So we get you ready better than any other podcast because Evan gives you a little something-something with context on every relevant fantasy dude in the NFL. He is giving you and your fantasy team a boost. Speaking, by the way, of a boost, those of you that listen to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast know I'm getting a boost right now from Omax Boost. Here's what it's got in it. Alpha and Omega. You've heard of Omega-3s before. It uses DHA. They have combined that with Alpha GPC just to try to give you a little bit more focus, a little bit more attention. I know there are a lot of folks that, that take this stuff the morning after they have a few too many. That sounds reasonable to me. What I like about it is they're giving you a chance to try it. And a 60-day money-back guarantee. So it's omaxboost.com slash feast. And you get 60% off a one-month supply plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's the key to me. Because I know a lot of you are like, oh, I don't know if it works. Well, try it. Try it. And if you don't like it, 60-day money-back guarantee. omaxboost.com slash feast. O-M-A-X. B-O-O-S-T dot com slash feast today. Speaking of today, Evan, today is part one of the two parts of the show that's so nice we do it twice. So that means it's also time to start with the Thursday night game. Should be awesome. Panthers, Steelers, hit me with it. Yeah, definitely excited for this Thursday game. Um, game has the second highest total on the week 10 slate. Ben Roethlisberger over his last 16 games, 39 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 326 yard average. Um, he's been a top 12 fantasy scorer in five of his last seven starts has a high floor. Uh, and I think he's got a really big ceiling too. Uh, he has great, uh, primetime game splits. Historically, he has great, uh, Heinz Field g- game splits. Historically, uh, the Panthers have given up multiple touchdown passes in seven straight games. 
You know the deal with Antonio Brown. James Bradbury and Dante Jackson have been good for Carolina, but Dante Jackson is a second-round rookie, and um, James Bradbury is a big dude who matches up better with guys like you know Alshon and uh, Mike Evans. You know Antonio Brown's going to run circles around James Bradbury. Uh, the Panthers have not been good in the slot. Captain Munnerlyn, he's a small dude, 5'8", 182. Juju Smith-Schuster, big slot receiver, uh, 6'1", 215. Uh, you look at Sterling Shepard, Cole Beasley, Tyler Boyd, Adam Humphreys went off in the slot against Carolina. They have struggled against slot receivers. James Conner, four straight games, over 100 rushing yards, leads the AFC in rushing. Uh, he leads the entire NFL in runs of 20-plus yards. Le'Veon Bell uh, and James Conner has eight runs of 20-plus yards this year and only a half season. Le'Veon Bell, over the 2016 and 2017 seasons combined, had seven runs of 20-plus yards. Um, James Conner favored at home. Against the Panthers' defense, allowing four and a half yards per carry to opposing running backs. Um, Vance McDonald, I think that he can have a, a big game here against Carolina. Over their last six games, uh, tight ends have caught 74% of their targets, uh, averaging almost eight yards per attempt and six touchdowns in six games against Carolina. Last week, we saw O.J. Howard get in the paint twice. Uh, Vance McDonald, now Jesse James had a, a big gain, kind of snuck behind the Ravens' defense for 51 yards um, and wound up with more yards in the game because of that one play than Vance McDonald. But Vance McDonald uh, had six targets to J.C. James' three, and he ran 33 routes. Jesse James only ran 17. Jesse James is going to have, you know, he's out there a lot, so he, he's going to make plays at times, but Vance McDonald is – always the guy that we prefer in uh, fantasy football. James Washington was active last week, played 86% of the Steelers' offensive snaps, but uh, he had a drop, and he has uh, he has not gone over 25 yards in a game this season. Um, on the other side, Cam Newton has been a matchup proof, and he's been a super high floor, super high ceiling fantasy quarterback as you mentioned the other day having the best season of his maybe maybe the best season of his career i mean that mvp season you know is that that's something that you know he's got to kind of show that he he would be out producing himself uh, over the final eight games but he's on pace for a ton of career highs uh, and he is playing the most efficient football of his career um and so he is he has been matchup proof and he's been a top six fantasy quarterback in all eight starts and uh, he's got a bunch of really high finishes as well. The only concern I would say is that the Steelers have their pass rush has really come alive. Their defense actually, you know, it was it was one of the worst in the NFL in the first four games, giving up 29 points per game. Over the last four, they've only allowed 17.8 points per game, uh, and they've started to blitz a lot lot more. Their blitz rate is up top 10 in the NFL, uh, and that has spiked their sack rate they're number eight in the nfl and sack rate and they are number four in quarterback hit rate so that would be the one concern that i would have uh for cam but you know the panthers have a lot of ways that they can combat a team that blitzes 
a lot because they have a lot of dudes who are great, deadly on screen plays. You know, it's DJ Moore and it's, you know, Christian McCaffrey and it's Curtis Samuel. Uh, so I think that, you know, the Panthers coaching staff is as good of a job as they have done this season. I think that they can put Cam in favorable matchup specific or opponent specific spots in this game. Christian McCaffrey averaging 19.8 touches for 110 total yards per game, four touchdowns over the last two weeks. You know, he was scoreless for a while there, but sometimes this touchdown regression to the mean comes in bunches, uh, which I'm hoping for it will happen with Julio, which we will get to uh, in a little bit. But uh, we have seen that big time with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Panthers, number two in the NFL in yards created before contact per rushing attempt. So, you know, the Steelers have been good in run defense, but this Panthers offensive line has opened holes against um, some of the best defensive fronts in the NFL. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about the matchup for Christian McCaffrey. He is a matchup-proof RB1 each and every week. Um, Curtis Samuel wound up with better box score stats than DJ Moore last week, but DJ Moore ran 28 routes. Curtis Samuel only ran nine routes. And um, uh, Curtis Samuel has not had more than three touches in a game all season. So although the results were better for Curtis Samuel in last week's game, uh, DJ Moore remains the superior fantasy option. Torrey Smith not going to play against Pittsburgh. Uh, Devin Funches has been robbed of touchdowns in back-to-back games in week nine It was, or in week eight. It was... Uh, he got targeted in the end zone. Eric Weddle deflects the pass. Christian McCaffrey dies and catches it. Last week, um, he got tackled at the one-yard line in the second quarter. So, And his, his targets are down now. I mean, and, and that is definitely a concern. But you also have to understand that Cam Newton threw his second-fewest pass attempts of the season last week. And he only had 25 attempts. They really dominated the Buccaneers on the ground. So that cut into Devin Funchess's volume, really everyone's volume, and that's why like DJ Moore was disappointing, and um, you know Funchess was disappointing. Uh, Greg Olson was the one guy in the passing game that came out ahead, scored his third touchdown in as many weeks, um, made a, a highlight reel catch, you know, just kind of showing his his ball skills. Uh, Cam Cam's throw, uh, kind of deep down the middle, was a little behind him. He, he tips it back to himself as he's like twisting around uh, and, and scores. And that was his best game all, all of the season. The Steelers have not been good against tight ends, allowing the fifth most fantasy points to the position. We can move on to the next one. Let's get to Detroit and Chicago. Detroit had a very tough time protecting Matthew Stafford. I was disappointed in their offensive line. I will say, yeah. though, I thought it was interesting what Dan Orlovsky said about Stafford no longer having sort of his security blanket in Golden Tate in the obvious passing situations where he has that rapport with the guy in the slot and he's comfortable with him and can get the ball out. He was holding on to the ball. He was getting smashed. It was a disaster. Yeah, I mean, and now this is not going to be any uh, any other – I mean, this is not going to be any easier, you know, going to Soldier Field. Uh, Khalil Mack is – tentatively expected back uh the the you know the vikings did not get home against or the the vikings did not blitz you know that was not how they were getting after uh 
the Lions. Um, they only blitz five times on 46 dropbacks against Detroit. And their offensive line, which, I mean, it had been the top five offensive line in the first seven games. And, um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say, but it certainly was exacerbated by the fact that, hey, you know, this longtime safety valve that the Lions have in, in Golden Tate is not there anymore. Yeah, and Orlovsky said, what, that he thinks that at least four of the sacks uh, could have been prevented if they had had Golden Tate. So, um, I mean, you know, the, the, and then immediately they signed Bruce Ellington, you know, like a, a, a career slot receiver. He's, he's got some juice, but I, I don't I don't really think that he's going to become a fantasy factor anytime soon. But anyways, I think that, you know, you can confidently play the Bears fantasy defense against the Lions. Um, and <clears throat> um, I think that uh, Matthew Stafford is a very, very risky play. He has not been an upside play at all this year. And uh, he, uh, I mean, uh, you know, you, we're, now we're concerned about his protection in a difficult matchup. Uh, Marvin Jones would be the one confident Lions fantasy play. Um, he's got a pretty good history against the Bears. Uh, his volume uh, is not threatened. Nine targets last week. Uh, he has over 200 more air yards than Kenny Galladay. Um, and I think that he can be really a wide receiver one the rest of the season. Kenny Galladay just hasn't been happen, happening for him recently. And, um, you know, I think that he is, is uh, on the riskier side in the Lions pass catcher core. The Lions did use Theo Riddick uh, at slot receiver a good amount last week. TJ Jones was their primary slot receiver, but, the, but he is not a guy that gets targeted very much. Theo Riddick had seven catches on eight targets, uh, tying for the, the team high. So, um, Theo Riddick is in the mix as a PPR play. Uh, he cut into Carrion Johnson's volume a little bit, but but not too too much. I mean, Carrion Johnson still had 15 uh, touches. The problem was that Carrion Johnson had a really bad matchup, and the offense was just dysfunctional as a unit. The problem is that I'm not so sure that the um, that the the offense is going to be a whole lot more functional in this game. Uh, so carry on Johnson, kind of like a, a lower expectation RB2 slash flex play. Uh, Michael Roberts played more for the Lions, and he could maybe become uh, a, a streamer option at some point. On the Bears side, you know this was similar to what happened with the Panthers uh, last week, except for the Bears, you know they just didn't have to throw the ball very much in the game. I mean, they only needed 12, 12 completions. So no one in the passing game is really going to produce when you have 12 completions the entire game. Anthony Miller was lucky to come out with like six catches for 59 yards or whatever he had. Uh, That was the most on the team. Uh, He had six targets. He actually leads the team in targets and air yards over the last three weeks, although that corresponds with Allen Robinson's time or his his injury. And it's possible that Allen Robinson – comes back this week which just you know adds another kind of alpha mouth to feed in the the passing game uh mitchell trubisky was you know because they he just didn't need to do anything last week he also got tackled like at the one inch line and then jordan howard of course uh uh, punches it in a play later Uh, but i think that trubisky is 
on that quarterback one fringe this week. Uh, he is number two among quarterbacks in rushing yards. Um, and the Lions are allowing the 10th the most points per game in the NFL, 26.2, 7th most yards per play at 6.1, and a 16-3 to touchdown interception ratio, two quarterbacks. So Jordan Howard and Tarek Cohen have been both been very game flow uh, dependent. Okay, so Jordan Howard gets the ball when the Bears are playing with a lead, and Tarek Cohen gets the ball when uh, the Bears are playing from behind. Uh, so you know, kind of kind of pick and choose your spots with these guys, especially with with Jordan Howard. I think that Tarek Cohen more more often than not is going to have good games. Um, this, you know, but no one's going to have a good game in a game like last week's against Buffalo, where the team just the opponent just doesn't even put up a fight. I think the Lions will put up a fight, and I think you can fairly confidently start Tarek Cohen. But you have to decide with Jordan Howard: is do you think the Bears will play with a lead in a game like this, and we can look at the point spread? And I think the Bears are what like three point favorites in a game like this, so you can have some level of confidence in Jordan Howard based on that. Uh, the passing game distribution is, again, you know, tough to really break down without knowing if Allen Robinson is going to play. Uh, Taylor Gabriel has two games where he has over 100 yards and six below 55 yards. Okay, and he's scored one touchdown in eight. He's scored a touchdown in one of eight games. So he's, you know, not not a not a great play. Not not the worst, but not, but not a great play. Um, I think that you want. Allen Robinson to play in this game. If you're trying to play Taylor Gabriel, because then then he would attract Allen Robinson would get Darius Slay, and Taylor Gabriel would get Tease Tabor, who has been atrocious and runs four six two, and Taylor Gabriel runs four four flat. Um, Anthony Miller, the slot receiver, going to square off with Nevin Lawson. I think that he actually might be the best fantasy receiver on the Bears uh, based on recent usage. And then uh, at tight end, Trey Burton, hey, he's got 50-plus yards in or a touchdown in six of his last seven games. That is plenty uh, to be an every-week fantasy starter in season-long leagues. We can move on to the next one. Next one is the Saints and the Bengals. Got to think there will be a lot of points in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Well, the, the issue, though, with the Bengals is that they AJ are just Green. crippled. Uh, in terms of injuries, because Tyler Eifert is, you know, he's long gone. John Ross is just completely unreliable. A.J. Green with the foot injury, he's out indefinitely at this point. Um, and then the bank, and then the Saints have been legitimately like sh- a shutdown run defense. I mean, they're they pretty much bottled up Todd Gurley last week, and, and no one really does that. Um, so. The, the Bengals are going to have to lead, lead heavily on Tyler Boyd. I mean, their outside receivers are going to be Alex Erickson, who really is a slot receiver, but he's played mostly outside this season. Um, and then, geez, I, it's going to be like Josh Malone or Cody Core, or uh, it's, you know, it, they are really, really thin. I mean, John, I guess it could be John Ross. John Ross has been terrible. You know, even when he's been healthy, so their their pass catcher core right now is just it's bleak. C.J. Uzoma, 
uh, looks like he could could be in line for some spiked opportunities. The Saints have been really good uh, in tight end coverage. Actually, for the last couple of years, they have a really strong safety play. But and C.J. Uzoma had zero catches in his last game on four targets, but he suffered this stinger injury on the first drive in that game, and I think that that affected him throughout the entire game, and that's really the reason why he goose-egged. Um, so I think that you could go back to him as a streamer in a game that, as you suggested, you know, should have a good amount of points. And even though the matchup is, is rough on paper for Joe Mixon, I mean, he's got 15 or more touches in, in all six games, 22-plus touches in four of six. Um, you know, the, the Bengals are on, on the offensive line. They had dealt with some injuries to, like, Clint Bowling before the, before the bye week. Uh, all those guys should be 100% coming off the, the off week and that bodes well for Joe Mixon um, on the other side I think that you know the, the Saints you know they, they're their road game splits have been uh, difficult you know they, they have just not been as good in road road games but you know this matchup is is not scary at all this Bengals defense has not been very good in pass rush they just lost Carl Lawson to a torn ACL Um so and you know they're 25th in sack rate, 22nd in quarterback hit rate. So Drew Brees, even though he is away from the Superdome, I think we can we can start him pretty confidently in season long leagues. And I don't think he's a terrible DFS play either. Uh, Alvin Kamara is, is clearly the Saints' lead back, and you know there was some concern uh, before the Saints buy because there was that game against the Redskins where kind of looked like they were um, you know they were. You're going to use Mark Ingram maybe even as the lead back or uh, at least in a 50-50 manner, but Alvin Kamara has been the guy. Last week, 23 touches to Mark Ingram's 10. Um, Mark Ingram also lost a fumble. Uh, Alvin Kamara has out-touched Mark Ingram inside the 10-yard line 8-3 to since the week six bye, uh, and that's how – Alvin Kamara has gotten four of his five touchdowns. Mark Ingram is scoreless since that Redskins game in week five. The Bengals give up 4.9 yards per carry in the 11th most receiving yards per game to opposing running backs. Um, in the, the pass catcher core, Michael Thomas, just an absolute beast. The Bengals are giving up the most completions in the NFL per game, 28 completions per game. So this is a good matchup really for every single pass catcher on the Saints. Uh, Michael Thomas, you know, what what the Bengals did in that week eight game before their bye, they used Drake Kirkpatrick and William Jackson, their outside cornerbacks, to shadow Drake to shadow Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson respectively, and that did not go well. Uh, Mike Evans just roasted Drake Kirkpatrick. William Jackson got beat for a sixty yard touchdown bomb by DJX. Um, but I think the Bengals might try to do that again. And uh, I would like that for Michael Thomas. And then I think that uh, going up against Trey Kirkpatrick, and then I think we would see William Jackson on Traquan Smith. Um, and I think that that would be a, a matchup that Traquan Smith could exploit as well. William Jackson has been a little bit of a disappointment uh, so far this year. Ben Watson came back to, life uh, in the box score last week but he still only ran 11 pass routes the week before he had no catches 
on seven pass routes. So, you know, he's playing in a rotation with Josh Hill, and then they have started to use this dude Dan Arnold, a converted wide receiver at tight end, a little bit in the passing game, and that has cut into Ben Watson's opportunities. He's not a guy that I'm trying to play personally. We can move on to the next one. Yeah, just a little insight there. I was talking with Dan Campbell before that Saints-Redskins game. I was on the sideline for, and he's the tight end coach for the Saints. He really likes Dan Arnold, <clears throat> really likes him. And he told yeah. me he's like he told me that night that you might see Dan Arnold do some things. I think he had a catch or something that night um, against the Redskins. So that is a young guy that they like and think has promise. Let's get to the Falcons who just signed Bruce Irvin as we're recording this, and the Cleveland Browns, who, by the way, it's so funny when you saw, like, the first game for Byron Leftwich with David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald got the ball more. First game yeah. for Freddie Kitchens and Duke Johnson gets the ball more. Like, there, it's you can figure out, you can get the ball to guys that you want to get the ball to. Like, yeah. there's never an excuse for that. It's like we have a million and one examples of it. Okay, do you have any theories on, you know, why Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson wouldn't give the ball to Duke Johnson? No, I don't. Okay. I, I mean, right. I, I, yeah, don't, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know it, why they did not make it more of a priority. Is it like you know they they don't like him maybe or like you know they? I don't like. I just I don't get it. You know, like do they do they like play favorites with guys that they like in training camp well the weird the weird thing about it is because there are some coordinators that their comfort zone is receiver route patterns and getting the ball to receivers or tight ends or whatever right but Todd Haley got the ball to Le'Veon Bell in the passing game all the time so it's not like it's not like that's not a strength of his and by the way they also know that their receivers aren't very good so it makes it even more puzzling I mean, sometimes people get fired because they deserve to get fired. A lot of times, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, but I, I, I totally agree with you, you know, about Freddie Kitchens. Um, they just immediately make this this small tweak, which really should have been easy. And, you know, all of a sudden their offense is a little bit more functional. And, you know, the, the pass protection problems, although they are, are, you know, they're not going away. I mean. You're starting friggin' Greg Robinson at left tackle, and he he can't play. Um, you know, but when when you can get the ball to Duke Johnson on quick hitting routes that are very high percentage. I mean, he had nine targets last week, caught all nine. You know, that's that's as high per, high percentage as you possibly can get, and accounted for both touchdowns. You know, that's gonna uh, that's gonna help your rookie quarterback. And I mean, geez, you know, what, what should they be doing helping their rookie, rookie quarterback? Um, I, I wouldn't use the word trust for Duke Johnson because we've seen it in one of nine games. Uh, but, you know, facing this Falcons team that gives up eight and a half catches per game to opposing running backs, like Nick Chubb is averaging, what, one catch per game uh, since he took over for Carlos Hyde. You know, which if the Browns just get to the the average amount of receptions, that would leave seven and a half catches for Duke Johnson. You know, Duke Johnson it should be the guy to capitalize on that. Um, so I, you know, I where I have him certainly in PPR leagues, starting Duke Johnson in like the best possible matchup for uh, 
for running backs that catch passes. Nick Chubb is going to continue to be pretty touchdown dependent. His touches have gone up every game since Carlos Hyde was sent out was sent packing 18, 20, and 23, uh, 23 under Freddie Kitchens. I think that Baker Mayfield is very much in play as a streamer quarterback this week. Uh, Falcons just have not been good on defense, and um, uh, Baker Mayfield has been a top 13 fantasy quarterback in two of his last three starts. Jarvis Landry got a little banged up last week. It's a good it's a good matchup for him. He's been getting a lot of volume. He has been underperforming that volume, um, but we can continue to uh, start him in season-long leagues for sure. Uh, and this game has relatively decent high-scoring potential. Um, the, the Falcons' offense is playing at a very, very high level right now, and uh, hopefully the Browns can continue to get better uh, under their revised coaching staff. David Njoku was a ghost in Week 8, and in Week 9 he reappeared, did not have a big game, uh, but this is another really good matchup. Falcons missing a lot of key dudes at safety and linebacker. Uh, Antonio Callaway is going to be a big play dependent kind of guy. Uh, same with Damian Ratley. Rich Richard Higgins came back last week, saw four targets. Brashad Perryman had six targets. Of course, only caught two of them. Um, but, you know, he started to cut into the playing time of the other guys. They're, they're trying to incorporate Brashad Perryman. And, um, you know, that's kind of a concern for the other guy's usage. Uh, Matt Ryan has been matchup proof coming off a four touchdown game in D.C. Uh, the I was worried about the Falcons protection last week, but they uh, they protected him very, very well, uh, which was the first time in a road game that they had done that effectively all year. Julio Jones gets into the end zone uh, on an awesome play designed by Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, goes well over 100 yards. Should have had another long touchdown, but Josh Norman, like horse collar, tackled him uh, on on the way to on like this deep ball from uh, Matt Ryan. It wound up being a 46 yard DPI. But um, you know they just just Julio Jones dominated that matchup against Josh Norman last week. Calvin Ridley came back alive, scored a touchdown on a, a 40 yard. Uh, kind of a quick crosser, took it to the house, got a great block from Muhammad Sanu. Um, he, he's an every week wide receiver three. Muhammad Sanu was really not as involved in the passing game last week, he, but he had a ton of great blocks. And uh, he's, he's going to be out there. He's going to be a touchdown dependent guy every single week. Uh, Austin Hooper was quiet while the other dudes in the passing game went off. That could easily flip. This week, uh, Cleveland has has not been good against tight ends uh, historically uh, under uh, this defensive staff, and um, you know, especially with Joe Schobert. I don't know if Joe Schobert, their middle linebacker, doesn't seem like he's going to be back uh, this week. That is bodes well for opposing tight ends. Tevin Coleman also went off against Washington, uh, primarily in the passing game. Uh, but, man, the Falcons' offensive line just came off their bye and destroyed the Redskins. That that was really one of the most surprising kind of 
um, battle, like, you know, individual battles of week nine, uh, considering the way that the Washington front had played and considering the fact that the Falcons had just placed uh, their second starting guard on injured reserve and Brandon Fusco, they're now missing Levitri and Fusco uh, since the beginning of the season. But they, I mean, the Falcons running backs average over four yards uh, per carry uh, in terms of yards created before contact last week. And that is just an astronomical number. And, you know, you, you watch the game. I mean, Falcons offensive line was blowing the Redskins defensive line off the ball. That bodes well for Tevin Coleman as uh, kind of like a, a fringe RB1, I think, this week. And uh, Ito Smith as a flex option. Steve Sarkeesian coming off the bye really got both of them involved in the passing game. That is not something that he had done. There's a huge part of their game plan to throw like these uh, kind of like arrow routes out to the sideline and get Tevin Coleman into space. It, it really was a fun, fun game to watch. We can move on to the next one. All right. Yeah, I'm with you, by the way. That's very impressive by the Falcons O-line. Let's see if the Redskins can do the same now that they lost both their guards. How about the Jags and the Colts? A couple teams coming off buys. Yeah. Jacksonville and Indianapolis. So Andrew Luck, I think at this point, we can consider him to be matchup proof. Um, and And the Jaguars have given up the most quarterback rushing yards per game. Um, like to see that for Andrew Luck. Uh, one of the reasons that we can consider Andrew Luck matchup proof is because his pass protection has been just unflappable. I mean, 160 straight dropbacks with no sacks taken, 18 touchdown passes over his last five games. This is a top three offensive line. The Colts have, have a top three offensive line. Uh, they also have been dominant in run blocking. Um, Marlon Mack, before the bye, uh, had his second or his yeah second straight 100 plus yard rushing game. The first Colts back to do that since 2007. Joseph Adai, uh, Marlon Mack. He played a career high in snaps, 63%, and had a career high 27 touches for 149 total yards and two scores. Of course, it was against the Raiders, and the Jaguars are a more difficult opponent. But, you know, the the Jaguars are like kind of a dysfunctional team right now. And Marlon Mack is playing at a super high level along with uh, the Colts' offensive line, which ranks number two in football outsiders run blocking. Marlon Mack, RB1 in week 10 uh, in the receiver core. This is another reason to buy into Andrew Luck as a matter of five because all the dudes are healthy. Now Jack Doyle's healthy. Uh, T Y Hilton is healthy. Mac is healthy. He can make plays in the passing game. You know, Eric Ebron goes back to being uh, more of a role player as opposed to a featured uh, player in their offense. Now he has scored a touchdown in every game that Jack Doyle has played so far this year. He's three for three with Jack Doyle in there, but he's going to be more of a touchdown dependent guy only has uh, five, four and three targets in those games. Uh, Jack Doyle should be locked and loaded into uh, fantasy lineups before the buy. And I wasn't necessarily expecting this, but 
Um, his his hip injury uh, coming back from that, he looked totally totally healthy. I mean, he he uh, went over seventy yards for the first time since last November. Uh, he scored this touchdown, a ten yard touchdown, where he just carried uh, the Raiders' safety Carl Joseph into the end zone. Um, he's averaging seven point three targets per game. We we can start him against the Jags uh, in weeks four through eight. Tight ends caught. 64% of targets, eight, averaged 8.2 yards per uh, yards per target, and scored three touchdowns in those uh, five games against the Jaguars. Uh, Dontrell Inman, Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers, you know, I, I, I don't know how to sort through the, these guys right now. Um, I kind of need to see a game to get an idea. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, his last four receiving lines against the Jags, three for 51 and a touchdown, two for 27, six for 95, and then seven for 42 and a touchdown. So not perfect, but I would say three for four. Um, you know, he's probably going to get a lot of coverage from Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but, you know, back at full health, like uh, playing at home at, at, indoors at Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, I think the T.Y. Hilton is a guy that, Maybe we don't view, you know, we probably shouldn't view him as the wide receiver one. He's been a, a lot for the last couple of years, especially in such a deep pass catcher core. Uh, but I definitely think we can consider him a wide receiver two slash three. Uh, on the other side, you know, I'm just kind of waiting on news on uh, Leonard Fournette, but it does look like he's going to be back. I'm not sure if he's going to have to split a little bit with Yeldon and Carlos Hyde. Uh, that's possible. Um but, you know, hard, hard to say. I and mean, we just have not seen him very much this year. Uh, you know, the drill with the pass it, catcher core, I mean, it's just, you know, there, there are a lot, a lot of dudes and there's not a whole lot of efficiency in the passing game as a whole. And with Fournette back, like, they, they're much more incentivized to not throw the ball a lot. We can move on to the next one. Cardinals coming off a bye at the Chiefs who just keep rolling. Yeah, I think Kareem Hunt uh, has a legitimate case to be uh, this week's top running back or fantasy running back play over even over Todd Gurley. I mean, the the Cardinal or the Chiefs are favored by three scores against Arizona. Um, the Cardinals have given up the second most fantasy points in the league to running backs. They're averaging thirteen point eight points per game, um, and they just have not been able to hold on to the ball. And so opposing running backs average 29 and a half carries per game against Arizona. That puts uh, Kareem Hunt in a great, great position. He has gone over 35 receiving yards in five of his last six games. Uh, last week, uh, it was uh, uh, facing off with the Browns. You know, Greg Williams blitzes a lot. So what you want to do against blitz teams that blitz a lot is try to hit him in the screen game. And that's exactly what Andy Reid did. Um, on like a misdirection play fake behind the line of scrimmage to Tyree Kill. Uh, Kareem Hunt gets the screen, stiff arms, Jamie Collins, 50 yards, touchdown. And uh, you know the, the Cardinals actually blitz even more than the Browns. The Cardinals have the highest blitz rate in the entire NFL at 38%. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been a top 12 fantasy quarterback in eight of nine starts, uh, and he has six top five finishes you know, don't want to overthink him. I, there is some concern that maybe, you know, the, the Chiefs w will be out to such a lead that 
uh, they might take the air out of the ball, but you know, how are they going to get that lead? It could very well be, you know, three more Patrick Mahomes touchdowns. Um, Travis Kelsey has been incredible. Uh, beat Christian Kirksey and Jabril Peppers for touchdowns last week, averaging 8.8 targets per game, leads all tight ends in air yards. Tyreek Hill played 97% of the snaps coming off that groin injury last week, uh, beat TJ Carey for a 40-yard gain, but you know, just wound up not having a big game. It, it was a Travis Kelsey week. It was a Kareem Hunt week. That's going to happen sometimes. Uh, entirely possible that Tyreek Hill bounces right back. You know, Sammy Watkins popped up with a foot injury on uh, Wednesday morning, and that's that's worrisome because we know about Sammy Watkins and, and his history of foot injuries. Might want to go grab Chris Conley uh, sooner rather than later as a, a potential fill-in against Arizona because – you know, Arizona's probably going to put Patrick Peterson on Tyreek Hill. That doesn't mean he's going to shut down Tyreek Hill. No one really shuts down Tyreek Hill, um, except for just like target volume. But um, Chris Conley, uh, great athlete, has played a lot of snaps this year, but has not, you know, mostly like a decoy, mostly a blocker. But he his target projection would definitely rise if Sammy Watkins misses. And Demarcus Robinson actually uh, could be a guy who would fill in, filled in directly. Demarcus Robinson. You know, there was a game where Sammy Watkins left early with a hamstring injury, and uh, Demarcus Robinson was actually the guy that jumped right into that um, that 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 uh, X receiver role. Sammy Watkins the X, and Tyreek Hill is the Z in Andy Reid's offense. Uh, on the other side, yeah, you mentioned Byron Leftwich earlier. The biggest tweaks that the Cardinals made, in addition to just, you know, making sure that David Johnson got his 20 touches and Larry Fitzgerald had his best game of the year, uh, they used a lot more max protection uh, to help the Cardinals' offensive line, which had been struggling. Uh, they leaned heavily on screen plays, uh, used used the screen game a lot, uh, and that was that's a way to get you know David Johnson on the edges. That's a way to, you know, help their offensive line, uh, and then. They got the ball out of Josh Rosen's hands quickly. Next-gen stats uh, clocked Josh Rosen's average week eight time to throw at 2.36 seconds, easily his fastest through five starts. So no question, Byron Leftwich, as the quarterback's coach, you know, he came in and he made significant changes uh, in, you know, a short time span. And now they had the bye to work through, you know, whatever, whatever else it was that uh, Byron Leftwich can fix. So very, very promising play calling debut from Byron Leftwich, and then he gets the extra time. Josh Rosen, I think, is a two-quarterback lead play against Kansas City. He's probably going to have to dial up a lot of attempts in this game. Um, you know, Teams tend to have their pass attempts elevated when they play Kansas City. Uh, the Chiefs do play much better defense at home, though, uh, so I'm not trying to like stream them or play play them in DFS. Chiefs allow their opponents hold their opponents to 18 and a half points per game at Arrowhead. David Johnson also ran the most routes that he has all year in Byron Leftwich's first game calling plays. Ran 30 pass routes, uh, totaled 100 yards for just the second time this season. Chiefs, you know, I mentioned earlier the Cardinals have given up the second most fantasy points per game to running backs. Chiefs have given up the most fantasy points per game to running backs in the NFL. 
including a league-high 70.4 receiving yards per game. I think David Johnson can can have a, a blow-up week uh, against uh, against uh, Kansas City, even though uh, I think that they will be playing from behind. But you know, I, I think that this can be one of the games where David Johnson gets like seven or eight catches. I think it really needs to be. Um, Larry Fitzgerald dominated targets, 12 air yards in production, 8 for 102, and a touchdown uh, in that Week 8 game with Leftwich calling plays. Now has seven or more targets in four of Josh Rosen's five starts. Played on the perimeter a little bit more, uh, which I thought was notable, especially because the Chiefs have been good against slot receivers this year. Uh, But he had half of his targets on perimeter routes as opposed to playing the whole time in the slot. Um and so I think that that can help him in this particular matchup. Christian Kirk has a touchdown or uh, 55 plus yards in four of Josh Rosen's five starts. That puts him on that wide receiver three slash four fringe. He plays outside more than Larry Fitzgerald. Ricky Seals Jones just has done nothing, and you know I could talk about the matchup, and it's really good on paper, but Ricky Seals Jones is a hard dude to put any kind of faith in based on his production to date. He did run a season-high 37 routes uh, with Leftwich calling the plays in Week 8. We can move on to the next one. Next one, I'm not expecting there to be a very long discussion. It's the Bills and the Jets. Yeah, I I knew that you were going to go to this one after that introduction. Um, It was was a nightmare last week for Sam Darnold, unfortunately. He was pressured on 44% of his dropbacks, and Spencer Long, the center, um, just had a terrible day in in terms of snapping, so bad that they had to bench him. Uh, But that threw off the timing and rhythm of the offense, uh, you know, and that's not taking, you know, that's not giving, you know, excusing Sam Darnold, uh, but you know, for throwing four interceptions, but the offense was just you know, less than functional in week nine against Miami. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, 60 total yards or fewer in seven of his last eight games now, one touchdown since week three. He got outsnapped by Trenton Cannon in week eight, and then Elijah McGuire, uh, fresh off the IR return in week nine, outsnapped Isaiah Crowell again. Uh, and he only ran nine pass routes. Uh, that was uh, that matched a season low. He's 35th among 36 qualified running backs in Football Outsiders' rushing success rate, which measures consistency. So you can look at Isaiah Crowell's yards per carry average, which is five, a career high. But man, you watch the dude play, and then you look at his you know consistency metrics, and man, you know it's it's been a rough go, uh, far more often than not for Isaiah Crowell this season. You know, I think that this could be a game where he uh, rebounds a little bit. Uh, the, the Jets should be in pretty positive game script in a game like this. But, um, you know, it's also possible that they give Elijah McGuire more. I mean, I thought Elijah McGuire looked really good last week. Played 56% of the snaps, 10 touches, 67 yards. Um you know, this is a guy with two and a half years left on his rookie deal. He could be part of the future in the Jets' backfield, uh, whereas I don't think that Isaiah Crowell probably is. Jets can save $3 million in cap space by cutting Isaiah Crowell after this year. Um, the pass catcher core is just 
it, it's wide ranging. Uh, would, would be one way to, to term it. Jermaine Curse, Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunua, Chris Herndon, um, you know Deontay Burnett, Jordan Leggett, Eric Tomlinson were all guys that saw uh, double digit targets behind those guys last week. Bills give up the second fewest yards per game to opposing wide receivers. Uh, Chris Herndon did take a massive step forward last week in terms of his usage, 64% of the snaps, 26 routes run, uh, led the team in receiving four for 62 on four targets, beat Kiko Alonso for a 26-yard catch in the first quarter. Um, Buffalo has not been great or uh, bad against tight ends. Um, what you're looking for with Chris Herndon, you want to make sure that Neil Sterling does not play. He suffered multiple concussions, um, you know, unfortunately, and I hope that he gets better. Uh, but in terms of fantasy, you, you want to see Neil Sterling taking another week off if you're trying to use Chris Herndon. Speaking of terrible offenses, we have the Bills. We don't know who's going to be their starting quarterback yet. It's going to be decided based on whether um, Josh Allen can get healthy. I don't think that he will, but um, they, they have come out and said that their depth chart is number one, Josh Allen, number two, Derek Anderson, who's trying to get cleared from a concussion, number three, uh, Nathan Peterman, and then number four, Matt Barkley. Uh, LaShawn McCoy just has no room to run. And, you know, you'd really like to see this is a, you know, facing off with this Jets team that blitz a lot. You really like to see Brian Dable get him rolling in the screen game. Um, he should have a, a higher floor this week than usual because I don't think that Chris, Chris Ivory is going to play due to a shoulder injury. Just took a massive blow to the shoulder on when he was like leap, trying to leap into the, the end zone last week and uh, had to go to the hospital. I, my guess is that he won't play, and he's been playing a decent amount recently, so that would help LaShawn McCoy's uh, workload projection. Marcus Murphy is uh, next in line at running back for Buffalo. Don't want anything to do with any of these wide receivers in Buffalo. Uh, we could talk about Logan Thomas, though. Charles Clay not going to play with a hamstring injury this week. Logan Thomas had seven catches for 40 yards last week. Uh, he's going to share with Jason Kroom, though. Jason Kroom has had some moments this season. Uh, last week he lost a fumble and made a great catch and then lost a fumble right at the end of it. Um, so definitely no sure thing for Logan Thomas. But you know, if you're in like a deeper league or you're, you know, you're trying to stream and there's nothing available – Logan Thomas is a good athlete, and he's coming off a seven-catch game. Uh, you would rather see him paired with Nathan Peterman, though. Um, and we can move on to the next one. The next one, curious to get your thoughts on the Redskins, who put Paul Richardson on IR and both starting guards, and they had to sign three offensive linemen off the street and how you think that impacts their fantasy guys against Fitzmagic and the Bucks, and Fitzmagic threw four more touchdown passes against Carolina. Yeah, and, and their left tackle, Trent Williams, is out, thumb surgery, and then their right tackle, Morgan Moses, MCL sprain. So their only healthy starter on the offensive line right now is Chase Rulier, who I think is probably their worst starter. Um on the on the O line, maybe him or may, or maybe uh, Lau Val at, at left guard. But either way, like this is, you know, this is like awful. 
Uh, and we, we saw the Redskins kind of go through this last year toward the end. And they, you know, even with Kirk Cousins, I mean, their offense was a lot better last year than it is this year. Um, they were, very, you know, more often than not unable to overcome that. I actually think it puts the Buccaneers defense, and look, the Bucks defense stinks, okay? But I think it puts the, the Bucks defense into, into play as a streamer this week and as a, like a cheap DFS punt, um, you know, so that you can get other studs in. I, I would look into that. I, you know, I, I know that the Bucks have been so bad on defense. Alex Smith has not been good in fantasy in a single week this year, really. Hasn't been a top 12 scorer at all. Uh, so I just, I don't know if he has the upside, you know. I mean, he, Jordan Reed has now gone five straight games below 50 yards. I don't think that Jordan Reed looks bad on the field. I, I really don't, you know. And uh, But everything he catches is on, like, flat routes and check downs. Um, I, I, I would be using Jordan Reed in fantasy against Tampa Bay, uh, but – you know, his, his the way that he is being used is pretty discouraging, and you know he gets like he gets outproduced by Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, by the way, looks awesome out there, um, and, and he actually is in the mix as well as a streamer, as a guy that's probably or that he he's in, uh, available in ninety plus percent of season long leagues. Bucks have been terrible against tight ends, as you might imagine. Uh, Maurice Harris. You know, he he had filled in for Jamison Crowder in, in four previous games and just done nothing. And then all of a sudden he went nuts last week. Ten catches, over 100 yards. If Jamison Crowder is not back uh, this week, then Maurice Harris becomes a legitimate fantasy play against the Buccaneers who have been getting smashed all season by slot receivers. Outside, it will be... Um, Paul, with, with no Paul Richardson, it'll be Josh Doxson, who's really just a touchdown-dependent guy. He did score a touchdown last week, his first of the season. Um, and then, you know, Michael Floyd, Brian Quick. Uh, you know, it's just pre- pretty ugly uh, wideout core in Washington. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I should talk about Adrian Peterson. I don't know if Chris Thompson will be back. You know, we, we will find that, that out later in the week. Adrian Peterson got killed by game flow last week. The Redskins fell behind pretty early against the Falcons and just were unable to, to feed Adrian Peterson. And then, of course, losing multiple offensive linemen during the game. I mean, it's just the game played out really, really poorly for Adrian Peterson. And I would be concerned that, that something similar could happen this week against Tampa Bay. I think that this Bucks offense is going to be able to score points against Washington's defense. Um, Redskins really got hurt uh, by uh, uh, last week by uh, Tevin Coleman on the edges. Yeah, but the Buccaneers can do similar things, I think, with um, OJ Howard and uh, at the um, and this is you know a, this is a revenge game for. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, I don't, I don't think that anybody in Washington's uh, secondary can hang with him. We saw Josh Norman get just roasted by Julio Jones relentlessly last week. Mike Evans had a, a terrible game. Well, he, James Bradbury really deserves a lot of credit for that, though. 
Uh, James Bradbury had like the game of his life shutting down Mike Evans last week. And Ryan Fitzpatrick had some overthrows and Mike Evans had a drop the only his fourth of the season so far. But I think that Mike Evans can absolutely bounce back. Uh, at the end of the day, what we want are targets and air yards and targets. Mike Evans, they were there for him. Ten targets in air yards. He had the fifth most air yards of any player in the NFL last week. So I think he's a very easy bet to bounce back against Washington. I don't think that Adam Humphrey is going to keep it up, and we can look at how good the Redskins have been against slot receivers. Uh, and if you just look at the fact that you know uh, that that Bradbury did such a good job against Mike Evans last week. Um, it can kind of help to explain why Adam Humphreys had that monster game. Adam Humphreys ha- has played really well this year. You know, I'm not trying to take away from him, uh, but I think that from a fantasy standpoint, he is kind of a, a point-chasing pick. Peyton Barber is just going to continue to be a touchdown-dependent guy. Cameron Brait, unplayable. We can move on to the next one. The last one, Evan, it for part one here. Of course, we'll drop part two in your podcast app shortly after midnight. The last one is the Patriots and the Titans. And before we get to that, I did want to tell you, and I think people that listen to the other shows already know this, I actually won the Bet Online Podcast Sportsnet Challenge again this week, which means the second straight week, those of you that have already gone to betonline.ag and gotten a, an account, and you actually get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the code PODCAST1. But this is the second straight week. I get to credit five of you with $100 in your account. So if you already have an account, find my tweet today, at Ross Tucker NFL, and send me your account number. And then five of you will get $100 deposited in, which is pretty awesome. So, And even if you haven't you know, done it yet, sign up now, betonline.ag, use the code PODCAST1, get an account number, send it to me. I, I just found out I don't actually pick who gets it. They, they look at my tweets, and they just randomly pick five people based on people that tweet me their account numbers. So go for it, betonline.ag, with the promo code PODCAST1. The last matchup, it's the Patriots, Evan, who even without Sony Michelle and Gronkowski, Found a way to manufacture some offense Sunday night. They usually do. Against the Titans, who don't look now, Evan. I think they're starting to figure out who they are, what they are, that Derrick Henry's not good and Deion Lewis is, and what Mariota does well. Because I thought they were pretty impressive in the game against the Chargers I called over in London. Then they had a bye and did some good things against the Cowboys. I mean, they've had a couple pretty good offensive outings in a row. Yeah, I agree with you. That, that's actually that's a good point. And New England has not played well on defense for most of the year. Although I thought they did a pretty good job against Green Bay. Um, they were able to get some, some pretty good pass rush on Green Bay. You know, I, this Tennessee offense is definitely an offense that it's hard to get a, a handle on because they also had that great game against Philadelphia earlier in the year. And then they kind of, you know, went in the tank for a while. I, I just, I, I just don't know, man, we're, we're going to get Stefan Gilmore on Corey Davis. Corey Davis has been 
a disappointment from a fantasy standpoint. He certainly flashes on the field at times, but you know his box scores have not been great. This is a revenge game for Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis is clearly taking over as the Titans' feature back. And Derrick Henry is just, if you don't get a touchdown from him, he's going to hurt you, and he's only scored two touchdowns all season. Um, but Deion Lewis is a confident play against New England. Uh, I think that he's like a DFS cash game play uh, at home uh, against a team that gives up a lot of uh, rushing efficiency and uh, re- receiving to opposing RBs. Um, you know, Jonu Smith caught a touchdown last week, but really not trying to mess with him at all. Uh, Taewon Taylor got suffered a foot injury. Tajay Sharp was nowhere to be found. I thought that he would be a guy that, uh, you know, he, he was starting to emerge. He had a big game uh, in London against uh, the Chargers, and I just, he didn't have a catch, and he had one target last week. So uh, when you're dealing with the, you know, very up and down offense, that I guess the, you know, that thing, those types of things are gonna kind of happen. I think that Marcus Mariota is in the mix as a streamer. Um, I, I just, I don't have a lot of faith in the offense right now. But the, the, but you're right that they have strung together a couple of good games, and this is not a bad matchup at all at home against New England. On the other side, you know, the offense is just hard to talk about because we don't know about Sonny Michelle. We don't know about um, uh, Rob Gronkowski. And uh, uh, James White even got banged up a little bit last week, although he did come back in the game. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. Re- read my column on Thursday about uh, – on Thursday night or on Friday about the, the Patriots – Sorry, just just don't have enough information. Got it. All right. Well, yeah, there's a lot that needs to be sorted out there. That'll do it, by the way, for part one. We will record part two, which is the Sunday late games, the Sunday nighter, and the Monday nighter immediately and post that on your podcast app shortly after midnight, like I said a couple minutes ago. So make sure you are ready for that. And remember, you can also – Always take advantage of any of our sponsors over at RossTucker.com. In fact, giving away another free Madden this week, if you take advantage of ZipRecruiter or you buy jeans from Mott and Bow or the SeatGeek using the code FEAST, which I'll tell you more about in Episode 2. Other than that, I'm stuffed for right now, but I have room for a little bit left. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.